You're listening to The Bucket List. Bollywood Dancing Championships, they kick off today. Have you ever seen a Bollywood movie? Uh, when pay TV and satellite TV first came on uh, in Britain when I was growing up, yeah. there used to be a channel called TV Asia. Oh, cool. And they used to put on Bollywood films all the time. And used to when you used to flick through the channels, it always <laughs> used to be three million women dressed in bright colours doing massive routines of dancing. And you're just fixated on it. The sheer size of the production would just be phenomenal. In fact, uh, some of our own Aussies are big Bollywood stars. Brett Lee. Brett Lee? <laughs> it was a Bollywood star. He made a movie where he played an English teacher called Will who taught Indian students English. Oh, wow. It was filmed in, in, in Australia. Yeah, it was. Brett Lee, he had a number one hit in India. He is a massive, massive star in India. It's ridiculous. The number one was a duet that he wrote himself that uh, was a duet with a Bollywood star, but it, it rocketed to number one. Was Warney as popular as Brett Lee no. in India? No, Why no. Why they love him? I mean, they look very similar. I don't know why. Two blondies. I think Brett Lee just did more. He was a bit more affable with the Indians than Warney. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. This morning we're chatting to Andy Dunlop from the World Championships Egg Throwing Contest organised by the World Egg Throwing Federation. Good morning, Andy. What is your title there? I'm the world president of the World Egg Throwing Federation. Oh, of course you are, Andy. And do you get much competition? Do people want to overthrow you as the world president? Yeah, yeah there's a lot of people, mainly uh, Australians who've come from Wales. <laughs> Of course, of course. So it was last weekend. Tell us about the competition. The World Championships, which is held in a village called Swayton in Lincolnshire, consists of five separate egg-throwing disciplines. Now, the one that you may have seen is uh, the two-person throwing and catch, and that's where you've got two contestants. They start off at 10 metres apart, and they hurl the egg from one to the other, and the catcher has to try and receive the egg without breaking it. Uh, the tosser... Uh, who lobs the egg over greater distances, uh, has got special skills, of course, and able to, to lob the egg to exactly the right spot to be caught by the receiver. Current world record is held by two uh, New Zealand cricketers at 96 metres. Wow. That's a big distance. I couldn't uh, even throw it at 96 metres. I mean, the, the, the art of it is you've actually got to be able to throw it before you even think about catching it. Well, sure. People think, ah, it's just egg coffee. It's not. It's a proper, proper skillful sport. An extreme sport, if you like. Yes, of course. Uh, the, the ability to, to catch an egg at uh, 96 metres is really something to behold. People think it's not a proper sport, but it is. When you compare it with something like, say, javelin throwing, that's not a proper sport. That's just a chap throwing a pointy stick down a field. (laughs) Nobody's trying to catch the stick. (laughs) True. They are in egg throwing. Although it has happened a couple of times before. Yeah, it has. Not not intentionally, generally. No. So that's our primary sport where people travel across the globe to take part in it. We've had competitors this year in from New Zealand, Australia, Mauritius, the Netherlands, Ireland. uh, And we've had people as far afield as Russia and Japan. One of the more exciting sports, of course, is a Russian egg roulette. You've got person against person, six eggs, five are hard-boiled, one's raw. You've got to use your skill and judgment (laughs) to avoid the raw egg. You're not allowed to touch the egg. You can only look at it. Some people use Reiki to try and distinguish between the two types of egg. And then to prove that it's not the raw egg, you smash it against your own forehead. (laughs) 
tends to be somewhat messy as people find that they're not very good at this game. But it makes great TV. Yeah. Another discipline we undertake is the target frame with accuracy. Now, in that, you have three eggs. You stand 24 feet away from the target and you throw the raw egg at the target and get points from where you hit it. The target we use is a chap called Joel Hicks. Joel is a male model and a qualified barrister. You get nothing for hitting Joel in the face because he's a male model. You get one point for the arms and the legs, two points for the torso, and you get three points for a groin shot. <laughs> does he uh, wear protection or can it, does it hurt? No, he doesn't wear protection, and yes, it does hurt. It's um, quite vicious. I feel sorry for him, but every year he comes back to be the target. It was won this year by a seven-year-old boy, actually, the competition, with two shots to the groin and one to the leg. Huh. Anybody can take part in that competition. You don't need to be big and beefy to do it. It's the ability to lob a target at a target from 24 feet, yeah. which is why uh, seven-year-old boys can win it. Very, very popular, in fact, with recently divorced uh, women. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. And then we've got egg trebuchet. Our final one is the egg trebuchet. Do you know what a trebuchet is? It's a catapult. Sort of a catapult, Old yeah. school catapult, so, yeah. A, a, a weapon of mass destruction in our case. In that, you throw an egg at 120 miles an hour down the field towards a target. The target is, of course, another teammate who's got to try and intercept this missile. Maximum points for catching it without breaking it. <laughs> at 120 uh, miles an hour? Well, you lob the egg. Yeah. high into the air, so it loses its forward velocity and hopefully just drops into the hands of the waiting catcher. Uh, the further away you go from the trebuchet, the straighter the throw, so the faster the egg. Maximum points for catching it, uh, but you get no points for running away screaming. Which country tends to be the, the winners in this field? Uh, the New Zealanders. Uh, the last three years, they sent us cricketers and baseball players. New Zealand's rural games holds the New Zealand National Championships. Yeah. <laughs> is, there a, is there a prize? Is there a prize? Yes, of course. You, you get the title of world champion. You're a world champion, Di. Everyone <laughs> wants to be a world champion. You don't win like a carton of eggs or a golden egg or something like that or chicken? They receive, apart from medals, they receive a small silver coloured egg cup to take away but it's the title the title's a big thing and I've got to say it does look very good on your CV if you're able to write down world champion world champion exactly right I was going to say Andy you know this has been on uh, on one of my bucket lists I am urging people to get to Swayton late June early July there is a possibility that you can just rock up and become a world champion but is there anything left on your bucket list around the world you want to see yeah, there is. I currently travel the world to take part in the national championship in various countries. I'm down for New Zealand in March. I want to get across to Australia for the nationals over there, which are held in Melbourne. Are they? Joe Bugner is the ambassador for Australian egg fame. <laughs> the boxer? Yeah, Aussie Joe. Big Joe. I still need to get to the Australian and the New Zealand egg right. train championship. I will participate in the Australian Championships next year. Me too. I'll be throwing eggs at Di's face. Great. Generally, yeah, but I'll take part in the uh, in that because uh, as a former professional international cricketer, I'm, I've got good hands. I can't throw it anymore, but sure can catch. So I'm getting training just for this. And, that, that'd uh, make you a tosser, wouldn't it? No, I'm not a tosser. That's the, that's why I don't throw it anymore. It's been hilarious. I cannot believe that's a sport. He is Andy Dunlop. He is the world president of the World Egg Throwing Federation. Andy, um, you didn't tell us who won, by the way, the egg throwing. New Zealand. How far yeah, did they go? Because they were aiming for 60 metres. 
they got 60 metres. They were up against the Canadians in the final. Wow. They got three eggs at each. The Canadians let it slip through their fingers. The egg oh. actually bounced at 60 metres, but the Kiwis managed to catch with the last egg of the game wow. and took the title. Brilliant. Now that's great. Andy Dunlop on the bucket list. Does your sporting club or community group need help with fundraising? My Club Shop is your essential fundraising partner. This free service is simple to use and can provide a 12-month-a-year revenue stream. With support from great companies like Samsung and TCL and new features being added daily, this revolutionary platform is a complete game-changer. Did we mention it's all free? All you have to do is log on to myclubshop.com.au to register your interest and one of our friendly team will get in touch straight away. That's myclubshop.com.au. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Beefy, you got a bit of a treat for us this morning. I thought I'd come up with five of the more, well, the stranger world championships that you can take part in. Number five, the World Stinging Nettle Eating Championships. Where's this? Dorset in England. They give you a vine of stinging nettles. You have to pull the nettles off and eat them. Uh-huh. Get an hour to eat as many leaves as you can, and uh, you are allowed to drink as much of the local tipple as you want, because as most of these are, they take place at a pub. Have you ever had one? No. I've been stung by them a number of times. Number four, it's the World Gravy Wrestling Championships. How does this work? Is there chips involved? No, No. definitely not. Combatants take to the gravy pit for two minutes. Same points for takedowns. And later on? You can take your chips and dip them in. Yeah. The uh, strangest thing is, normally gravy's hot. Yeah. The gravy is so cold, oh. they reckon it's horrendous. So, uh, do you do it? Oh, you, of course. I'm always keen to dress up in lycra and uh, throw my body around. All right, Di, let's go to Beaver, Oklahoma. What's happening in Beaver, Oklahoma, Beaver? It's the World Cow Chip Throwing Championships. Can you believe it? 50 years I've been doing this. What's a cow chip? Uh, basically a dried cow pat. Oh. So I suppose they look like a big cookie. It's horrible. Big, crispy cow pat. Are they warm? <laughs> Are they warm? Uh, no, <laughs> they're, they're actually dried. If it's been unseasonably wet, they have to actually get the cow pats and then put them in an oven to dry them out. Imagine that in your house. What are you doing, Di? I'm just drying out cow pats for the annual cow pat throwing championship. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily for you, the pats are carefully hand-selected by the cow chip throw president to ensure maximum distance. He actually hand-selects cow pats for you. I'd like to know what you win. Just the world championship. You're just the world championship cow pat thrower. Everyone wants to be world champion, don't they? How about this one? The number one strangest world championship that I could find. (laughs) (laughs) What is the number one? It is Egg Russian Roulette. Tell me about Egg Russian Roulette, Beefy. Hundreds of people from all over the world head to Lincolnshire, basically to smash eggs into their own heads. In amongst a box of a half dozen hard-boiled eggs, there is one raw one. Basically, competitors take it in turns to smash eggs onto their head. If you get the raw egg, you get covered in yolk, but you're also out of the contest. Basically, you play matches all day, and if you're the cleanest, if you're yolk-free at the end of the day, you are the world egg Russian roulette world champion. The winner is the only one that goes home that doesn't need a shower. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. 
Good morning, it's the Bucket List, a good friend of the show. We got back on Jed Smith from the National Sports Museum. He is the manager of Heritage and Museum Services. Morning, Jed. Looks like it's a bit of an end of the era with the, the museum actually closing for a while. Pretty emotional. We close next Friday. That's our last day that we're trading. Only for six months while we redevelop. It's going to be a pretty sad week up ahead of us as we say goodbye to some uh, some good friends in terms of the objects who aren't coming back. What's going missing that we may not be able to see again? I have the perfect answer for you. Carbine. So oh. Carbine was, so was because he died over 100 years ago, <laughs> yeah. he was a Farlap's great-great-grandfather. Carbine won the Melbourne Cup in 1890. I think something ridiculous like 86% of all Melbourne Cup winners have been descended from Carbine, including the mighty Farlap. So we had his skeleton on display. It belongs to Museum Victoria, and they very kindly lent it to us for the last uh, 10 years. But it's going back to them to be looked after, conserved, rested, while we do some different things in our racing gallery. But we're going to miss Carbine tremendously because he's been a friend of ours and a beautiful feature of the museum. And he's, he's entertained a lot of people sitting there as a skeleton, doing amazing skeleton things. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be sadly missed. The skeleton of Farlap. Uh, Where do we find that these days? There's an interesting story behind that. Well, there is because you can't go to just one place to find Farlap. If you want the hide, so the skin, effectively, the hair, the eyes, that's at Museum Victoria up in Carlton Gardens. If you want to see the heart, you have to go to the National Museum of Australia in Canberra. And if you want to see the skeleton, you have to go across to Te Papa Museum in New Zealand. It's been subdivided and spread <laughs> like, a, like a chattel, you know, kind of a family inheritance where they had to go between three kids. I'm glad I'm not a racing horse. No, it's not the way to go. Do you know what, though? Carbine was saved from that horrible fate because he was sent over to stud in, in the UK and he died in England um, in 1914. And just as they were about to put him on a ship back to Australia, fully formed with his hide and his heart and everything in um, good condition still, though he died, the First World War broke out and all the ships were requisitioned. So rather than sending him back to Australia in good nick, he was stuck in a hole in the ground where he spent the next, I think, seven or eight years. And when they pulled him out, of course, everything was gone apart from the skeleton. So he was saved from that horrible fate of being spread to the wind. Ah, oh, so the maggots got him. <laughs> they did indeed. And there's no trace left, thankfully. He's a beautifully pristine skeleton um, and it's been a pleasure having him at the National Sports Museum. We're saying goodbye, we're saying goodbye. Although the National Sports Museum at the MCG is closed for six months, there's plenty of other stuff still going on. So our very popular guided tours of the MCG, they continue throughout. There's no no stopping them. And the MCC Museum, the Melbourne Cricket Club Museum, that continues to open to public throughout. With the NSM closing for six months, what are you going to do with yourself? <laughs> well, we're going to build a brand new museum, baby. <laughs> I'm hoping you'll come down with a shovel and a, a trowel oh, and help us out because it's a big, big project. We're basically taking it right back to the original concrete shell and totally rebuilding building it. All new technology. We've been filming some of our new content. What oh. we're trying to do across the board is not reproduce things you can get on YouTube, the things you've seen in documentaries, the, the stock footage that everyone knows. We're not going down that road. We're filming brand new content for all of our interactives. So for example, we've got a life-size hologram of a player who talks you through their life story. Got Shane Warne in there from our Cricket Interactive and he's been one of our most popular things. This week, I can't give you the names, but we've been filming two football players current, very successful, very well-known football players. They will be featuring in the new museum. They will be well worth seeing. Great stories to tell. What's the anticipated date of the grand reopening? The 29th of February. And that's only a week out from the Women's T20 World Cup final. There's efforts to make that the the largest supported female sports event in history. So we're opening a week before that amazing event. Even more reason to come along and see what we're doing. Jed Smith from the National Sports Museum. On the bucket list. You're listening to The Bucket List.
If you remember the film Dodgeball, off the back of the success of Dodgeball, what ESPN do every year now is create this ESPN 8, the Ocho. They basically have a full day of covering weird and wonderful sports. The highlight was things like the stupid robot fighting league. Put your robot together. It's not automated. And you basically hold it up like a marionette yeah. with strings. I know. It's very you know, using bits of pipe cleaners and all sorts of things. Well, two life-sized hanging puppets controlled by an operator sitting behind each stupid robot. So what caught my eye is... An absolutely brilliant one called Slippery Stairs. It was a massive staircase they basically cover with fairy liquid. And you've got to try and run up the stairs to the top. And it is hilarious. How about the World Axe Throwing Championship? And as you well know, I have taken up axe throwing in Melbourne. Anyone can throw an axe. you just got to throw it accurately. You're listening to The Bucket List. Melbourne Storm. These guys win premiership after premiership. We have Frank Panisi, General Manager for Football for Melbourne Storm. Frank, how do you think the impact on Melbourne and as being a non-rugby city has impacted over the years? Certainly over the last 10 or so years, the club has certainly come, become more prominent. Combination, obviously, the success of the, the club, but obviously also, you know, we went through the infamous salary cap scandal of 2010 and the city got really behind us after that. I think it's uh, ever since then that the clubs just continue to grow and grow. What helped very early on was the success straight away. I think the team in the first season, 98, made the finals and in the second season actually won the premiership. One of the things that stands out to me is the fact that, well, one, you've only ever had one coach, but the legends of the club have stayed through thick and thin, and they support the club like no other. Glenn Rezus and Cam Smith, Billy Slater, these guys, they have got purple blood. Above all, there's been a cornerstone of players and staff and a particular head coach, Craig Bellamy, that have stayed for long periods of time. To giving you that stability of the club, the spine of leadership, it's been a really important part of the club's uh, history. Do you still like ruffling feathers in Sydney, Frank? We don't do anything to ruffle. We just, just seems to be a natural thing. For some unknown reason, Queensland were very much accepted and, and liked and loved. I think it has a lot to do with the Sydney-Melbourne rivalry. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. In all sports, in all parts of life, there's, you know, there's a great rivalry between Sydney and, and Melbourne. I think that's been transferred over to the rugby league. It's all part of the game. Frank, do you get a bit of Hollywood turning up to these games, such as uh, Russell Crowe? Is he cheering on the teams? He's, he's a big chance. I mean, there's one thing about Russell Crowe. He's, he's a genuine South Sydney supporter. He has been since he was a kid, apparently, and that was one of the reasons he bought the club many years ago. But very active. I mean, he's got a busy lifestyle with his acting and everything else that he's involved in. He does come to games often. Who do you think are the Storm's biggest rivals nowadays? Definitely in the early days was the Broncos, even before Craig Bellamy. The, the club was built on by John Rebo, who was the founder of also the Broncos. He came and founded the, the Storm, and he brought down Chris Johns, a former Broncos Premiership player, to be the first CEO when he brought Glenn Lazarus up to the Broncos to be the first captain of the Storms. There was no doubt in the early days, and to a degree now, there's still a rivalry there with, with the Broncos, but I think in the last few years, it's the two standouts have been manly. Over the last 10 years, we've had a, a fierce rivalry with them. we played in a couple of grand finals and some real big clashes over the season. And the, the latest one's been Corolla Sharks. That's been a fierce rivalry over the last, say, three or four years. You guys are probably currently Premiership favourites again. Everyone's chasing you guys. But over the last few weeks, the Raiders, Canberra Raiders and Manly Seagulls have definitely put their hands up. Five definite teams that are going to be challenging for the title and it's very open. But we want to be going into the finals with momentum. Frank, obviously you have a huge passion for sports. Can I ask you, what would be on your sporting bucket list if there's a sport that you could see anywhere in the world? Oh, definitely the Super Bowl. And, yeah, I've, I've really I've really enjoyed becoming an NFL fan over the last 10 or so years. Went to a trip there probably 2011 and saw my first NFL game. Before then, I was probably... 
not a huge fan. I've been fortunate enough to spend some time with a number of clubs. Yeah, I'd love to go to a Super Bowl. I think that would be uh, the ultimate. So that's Frank Panisi from the Melbourne Storm. On the bucket list. Are you going on a holiday? Well, what's the one thing you need when one thing goes wrong? Voted Travel Insurer of the Year 2019. One Cover Travel Insurance. Give me that insurance. One Cover Insurance. Travel insurer of the year by productreview.com.au. One cover is underwritten by certain underwriters at Lloyd's. Always read the PDS before purchasing at onecover.com.au. There's nothing like being at a live event, whether it's the Australian Open Tennis, the Rugby World Cup 2019 in Japan, or the Bathurst 1000. With over 20 years' experience, Sportsnet will ensure the adventure of a lifetime. With over 50 world-class events, Sportsnet guarantees official tickets and accommodation, even to sold-out events. You'll even get access to behind-the-scenes experiences. Over 10,000 travellers each year choose Sportsnet. Call 1-300-888-858 or visit sportsnetholidays.com. And this morning we're chatting to Daniel Giacconi from Sportsnet Holidays and the big one is coming up Sunday, 2nd of February. It is Super Bowl 54 at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. It is the Super Bowl. It's widely regarded as the biggest sporting event on the planet. You have the packages for us to get to Miami. This is the big daddy of bucket list events, Super Bowl 54. I think it's going to be extra special because it will decide the league winner for the 100th NFL season. Ah, very true, Uh, very true, yeah. And Miami would have to be one of the best locations for a Super Bowl. We like to say go for the Super Bowl and stay for Miami's amazing attractions and culture. Anything from Miami Beach to Jungle Island to the Art Deco District, this is going to be a ripper. It's going to be special. The event's going to be special, the location's going to be special, this one's not to be missed. And it's the biggest show on earth. What can we expect, Daniel? Interestingly, the Super Bowl is truly unique in that the main event, the Super Bowl itself, is often overshadowed uh, by the world-class entertainment. The halftime entertainment in recent years has, has included current acts like Lady Gaga, Maroon 5, Beyonce, Coldplay and Katy Perry. According to the NFL, actually, the Super Bowl 51 halftime show featuring Lady Gaga was the most watched musical event of all time with a viewership of over 150 million. The halftime is, is considered just as big, the entertainment there makes it really hard to get a beer i know that for sure yeah yeah you can't get tickets daniel you cannot get tickets you have to buy a travel package don't you beefy you do and and that's i guess where we come in uh it's really important that you get official tickets as well heard some horror stories in the past so that's where we come in where are most of the guests traveling from for the super bowl daniel all over as always majority from australia and new zealand however due to the the in-demand nature of this event and the fact that it is the biggest bucket list event on earth we receive bookings from all corners of the globe for this one obviously Not only are tickets impossible to come by, but hotel rooms go very, very quickly. What packages are you guys offering? We have three and four night packages staying in the heart of Miami. The accommodation is difficult to get. We have an official ticket to Super Bowl 54 as well. We include return hotel to stadium match transfers on Super Bowl Sunday. Try and make it as easy as possible for our guests. Plus, we have some incredible experiences lined up as well. What are those then? On the Saturday, we're going to have an autograph session with Pro Football Hall of Famers. Our guests will get a chance to, to meet some pretty special talent. On the Sunday, we're going to have a three-hour pre-game party. It's going to be hosted by Pro Football Hall of Famer Jerry Rice. How cool is that? Oh, wow. Um, that's massive. Appearances and, and roundtable uh, Q&A with current alumni and gold jacket players. So gold jacket are Hall of Fame players. That's going to be huge. There'll be an opportunity to meet and greet some of this talent, get some photo opportunities, premium open bar and gourmet food. There'll be an official gift and some other stuff as 
as well. But I also like to include the ticket to Super Bowl itself is no doubt a special experience as well. And this is why you need to book these packages through Sportsnet Holidays. All the tickets are official. The accommodation is provided. There are money can't buy experiences. How else would you get to meet Jerry Rice, get his autograph, everything else? If I was a betting man and a sports enthusiast, there is only one company I'd use for Super Bowl travel, and that is Sportsnet Holidays. Go online to sportsnetholidays.com. That's sportsnetholidays.com. Or call them on one 888 858 That is one 888 858